Well, g'day guys, welcome to another Guitar Wank episode, this is number 66, I am your host, Troy McCubbin, and uh, yeah, we will get the show on the way very shortly, if you are out there and you have a question, you have a query, send it to guitarwank at gmail.com, you can donate, go to the website and you can donate if you feel compelled to give back. Or you can um, spread the word, you can send us an email, whatever you want to do. But uh, yeah, we, we appreciate the feedback. We really, really appreciate all the support that you guys give us. And, uh, and thank you for just taking the time out to listen to us. It's, it's awesome. Um, big elephant in the room. Wow. I, I, just, <laughs> I just can't believe Bruce texted me. I think it was early Sunday morning or Sunday sometime and I just was, I couldn't believe it. I was just like blown away that we lost Mr. Alan Holdsworth and um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's kind of been a bit of, you know, a running topic joke on the show because we've had so many emails about, can you get Alan Holdsworth or can you talk about Alan Holdsworth? And he was, it, it was, it was becoming a running joke. Can we talk about Alan Holdsworth? And, um, and then we got so close to having Alan on the show. We were going to go visit him after a gig down um, uh, Orange County way or wherever it was in California here. But um, yeah, we we're going to meet up with him after a gig, after one of his shows, and do the interview there and hang out. And then uh, Bruce couldn't make it, and we we kind of decided that wasn't really guitar wank, and we really wanted to have him on the show, get him on the couch, you know, get him relaxed, have a beer, and shoot the shit that way. And I was so looking forward to it. And he was down. We I I found out that he was. Let's do it. We just had to try and organize a date and make schedules work and then uh yeah he uh he he decides to move on but um massive condolences to the family and all his friends and that's what are you gonna say it's it's so hard and it's upsetting for for everyone and uh we'll miss him and um yeah i'm super bummed i didn't get to just have that one-on-one with him and I was really excited to meet him in person. I met him years ago in a pub in Melbourne. He played a gig at this pub, you know, and played amazing Alan Holdsworth. And I got to say a quick hello afterwards. But what do you say in that kind of atmosphere and that quick, quick, um, oh, you play amazing. I don't understand any of it, but wow. And that's pretty much Alan, you know. So uh, very sad. And uh, yeah, what are you going to do? But um I can see Facebook is flooded with everything on Alan Holdsworth. He affected so many people and so many guitar players and around the world, as you all know, so I'm not going to go on about it. But uh, we'll hopefully you have a lot of guests on the show that maybe have a, a cool Alan Holdsworth story and maybe if you guys have got some cool Alan Holdsworth stories, we can share them or whatever. It might be fun. But massive salute to you, sir. Thank you. And uh, I hope you're having a big brewski in heaven. And, uh, yeah. Uh, we will go on listening to your amazing playing and music. Uh, this week, we're going to continue on with where we left off with Bruce and Scott a couple of weeks back or a week ago or whatever it was. Um, lots of questions, lots of fun. And um, I'm going to throw some Alan stuff in there just to, uh, yeah, just salute the 
the man himself. So um, sit back, enjoy. Thank you so much for all the support again. Uh, donations at the website. You can hit the donation tab, send us a donation you, or send us an email or just spread the word. Pass it along to your enemies, your friends, your your aunts, uncles, sisters, brother, mother, all that kind of stuff. Just, just yeah, you know. All right, guys, have a great week. Be safe out there and um, let's keep guitar wanking. I'll uh, talk to you next week. Thanks. Uh, Mr. Bruce Foreman, Mr. Scotty Henderson, what do we have in store for the listeners this week?
I have yeah. a bone to pick with any promoter who's too lazy to make up a poster. <laughs> Well, there was actually a post. There was a big sign across. It just didn't have my name on it. You know, I was yeah. just. Was All right, this one. This one's a good one. What and is it? Go- <laughs> this is going back to uh, we've 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 had run-ins with Paul before. Oh, this guy. <laughs> is this is this the guy who's got tubes up his rectum? <laughs> Hi, Troy. Tell Bruce Foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard that, before. and you know that's. And he's making a Jewish joke, and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, because people ask me, they say you're Jewish. I said, yeah. Then so you're circumcised. I said, yeah. They said, did it hurt? And I said, hell, I couldn't walk for ten months. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. I like it. Uh, if you miss that joke, you can rewind and hear it again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. If just to catch people up, Bruce Forskin, start Bruce there. Bruce Forskin, yeah. Just to catch up, this is uh, Paul, and he was talking about the quilter ants, and uh, and sort of having a go with uh, Bruce about it. And he said, "Tell Bruce Forskin that I did play a quilter, and I a bead it to a Princeton, and I stand my by my statement. I also have a friend with one, so I've heard it live many times. It's like low fat milk versus regular milk." Or tofu hot dogs versus real dogs. Or decaf versus regular. Or LA pizza versus New York pizza. Tone is in the fingers, but it shouldn't be in spite of the equipment. Love the show. Sounds like Japanese, but it's Italian. <laughs> Tell bruised foreskin. <laughs> Wait a minute, did he say that at the end again? <laughs> no, he just said... Um, uh, Bruce was uh, Bruce was a little hard on me last time, but I'm, now I have named him Bruised Foreskin. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> now let's get get to the point of it. Uh, obviously, I, I one of my favorite amps in the world is this Fender Princeton I have. Uh, I'm not going to disagree that they don't sound great. I will also agree that there are numerous quilter amps, just like numerous Fender amps that I have played, that are very unattractive to play. Okay, that don't sound good. So uh, to throw the to say that every quilter amp sounds like shit and every Princeton sounds good is is really seriously uh, delusional. <laughs> Even if he can spell foreskin, which is surprising for somebody of his low intellect. Uh, and I'm not so sure he spelled it right. You're just reading it, so he maybe he even spelled it wrong. wrong. I read it right. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, and and no doubt, Princeton's won't work for me. I play chords. I play clean. I play with energy. They crap out before I even get past an introduction. I can't use a Princeton. I need a Pro Reverb. Even Vibraluxes don't have enough gas for me on the average gig. That's just the way it is. It's the way I play, the amount of whatever mojo that I put through the cable, you know. Uh, the particular model of quilter I had sounds pretty damn good. It, 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 it stood up pretty well against your Vibraverb. We just A-beat it uh, this weekend. Uh, it stands up pretty damn good against my Princeton. Sure, there are going to be rooms where one sounds better than the other. One doesn't sound good, you know. And there are lots of times with tube amps, as we all know, where they sound like crap because the tubes are doing something stupid. Or the voltage in the room is not right. You know, there's so many... So let's let's not 
realized that, you know, dear Mr. Numbnuts, since I'm foreskin, <laughs> dear Mr. Numbnuts, I, I at least used Mr. here, uh, I'm a professional musician, and I have to work, and I have to have my stuff working. You know, and, and, and so one of my pet peeves about my, my wonderful Fender amp, which I love the sound of, is that it degrades in sound due to uh, just regular having to carry it to the gig. And I end up having to carry some sort of backup head for it all the time. So, uh, and there are times even where my wonderful Pro Reverb, which... 1965, which I'm sure would pass his muster for whatever he looks for in an amp. Uh, there are times where it doesn't sound as good as, as another amp because of the acoustics in the room. It spreads out too much. It sounds thin, you know, things like that. Or it needs to be have enough, you have to put enough volume through it to make it good. And of course, yes, then a Princeton would have been better, but that probably would have distorted. You know, I mean, it's like, Jesus Christ, guys, I'm not an idiot here. I know what good sound is, and most of it does come from me, and a lot of it's hugely dependent on the room. But another big dependent sign is that it works. And that's where, you know, I mean, yeah, you sit in your room and don't play a gig, and your Fender Princeton will probably last you for a while. Get on my world, and, and it's a whole different rules of engagement. And I'm not saying don't use it, especially if you got somebody to carry it for you, or if you're 30 years old and you don't really want to have you don't care if you have back surgery in a couple of years but uh, everybody's moving towards lighter good sounding equipment now it's just except for me <laughs> well but, but you know no offense most of the time people bring your stuff to the gig for you yeah that's true <coughs> I don't have to carry too much right but. so I mean uh, and, and, and to be honest full disclosure I have had back surgery You've had back surgery. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to blame it on the heavy amps I carry. Right. Because I've also been You've on been a lot. You've been blaming it on the women you hang out with. I, I've, been, I've ridden a lot. <laughs> I've ridden a lot. Women and horses. You know what I mean? That, and, and, and for every hour oh, I was boy, riding. Comparing women to horses. <laughs> no. Now, ah, this is, is going to be really good no. for our show. I said I've ridden a lot women and horses. I was not comparing them. I know the yeah. difference. <laughs> you might not know the difference, but I do. Uh, but let's and then also for every hour I've ridden any one of those other species, I've ridden the guitar probably a thousand hours for every hour on one of those. So you know, I mean, who knows what crap my back up? But I'm sure carrying heavy stuff around and lifting it in and out of a car every day, sometimes twice a day, is a. Uh, it does take its toll on the body. That's all I'm going to say. And really, I would love it if, if Mr. Numbnuts would love to be my amp. Would love to be my amp cartage guy. And I think then, we get and, 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 and actually, I would like to hire him as my sound tech, so he can come and maybe we can bring a few amps and he can make sure the right ones happening at every gig. I would love that. So that's an open invitation. Do you have anything to say to me or is it just Bruce? It was just cool it was just the Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. So he didn't he didn't have any derogatory statements for, for me. Paul? You, you, can you can chime in. You've never been bashful before. <laughs> I was the one that told him to stick something up his ass and he's yeah. being nice to me now. Yeah. Well, well, he probably I, did. You know it was probably a tube and he liked it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably 
he's still wearing it. You know what? To be fair, Paul's a fan and he's having fun and I, lo- I love that. And he, Paul, we love you, Thank but you, I really Paul. do mean it. You can come anytime in card amps for me and to be me my Me too. Friend. I mean, the, the, the <laughs> double right? for me. My amps are heavier than his, so <laughs> if you need exercise, come carry my I shit. I love it. I love it, Paul. Thanks, man. For this Thank you, back. Paul. And I, and I really mean the <laughs> this is from uh, Kai. Uh, <coughs> Kai, K-A-I. Kai. Kai. Yep. Kai. You got it. The you got that one right. Like a man on a fucking roll. Woo-hoo. He loves the show, and I listen to every single one of them. <laughs> Call me pathetic. I know. Anyway, he just wants to clear up a mistake that you made on February fourteenth, Bruce. Me? Yep. At um at around. Come on, we all know Bruce doesn't make mistakes. Minutes and thirty seconds in. Hold on, hold on. Let me come back. I'm all right, but Bruce is just shaking the snake, so uh, he'll be back in a sec. But um, Kai has got a couple of questions for Scott, actually. Okay, shoot. Yes, Squid. Um, he's 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 thrown out some guests that would be really great. He thinks Carl Verhine. I've met Carl years ago. Do you, do you see Kyle much? I don't see him much anymore. He's at MI, I think, but probably not on a day that I'm there. Right, so okay. I hardly ever run into him. Kyle's, a, yeah, I mean, great player. Good player, um, yeah. yeah. I, I, Steve Chivato, um, of course, I've Steve, had Steve. I, uh, Steve used to teach at MI, and we're good friends. Right. But I haven't seen him as much since he moved over to USC. Oh, he's at USC now? Yeah. Full time? Yeah. Okay. Has been for many years. So, Keith so. Wyatt. What happened to Keith? Where is Keith, Keith? is around. Keith quit MI like he? about a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, a long time four ago. Four or five years ago. There. Yeah. But he's my neighbor, you know, so Keith lives right really? down the street from me. So I see him all the time when no I'm way. walking my dogs. We often stop at his house and hang really? out. Yeah, yeah. Keith's a good friend of mine. A great. What a great blues great, player. Great blues player and great teacher. Yeah. He's got a lot of... Uh, really awesome instructional videos on blues and he if there's anybody that he knows as much about blues and the history of blues as Bruce knows about the history of jazz wow. he's really a historian when it comes to yeah. blues he can yeah. name you every single I took his class yeah. um, actually when I was a teacher because we have to keep our accreditation up yeah. so every once in a while we have to take classes and I took Keith's blues class, and I learned a lot yeah. that I didn't know, especially about history of blues and who were the first, you know, the first players. And I don't even remember half of what I learned. It was just amazing, just how much knowledge the guy right. has about how the blues started and who were the influential players and who influenced who. You name any blues player, and he can tell you who his influences were. And wow. but he's just very knowledgeable what's, cat. So what's he doing very nowadays? Good player. Um, he's playing with the Blasters, Blasters, that band that he plays in. It's a good rock band, and they <laughs> tour all over the place. And okay, he's busy. Yeah, he's, he's still it. doing teaching stuff. He's still doing books for Hal Leonard and yep. and videos and stuff. He keeps really busy. Wow. Well, the question is, if you got Keith, if we got Keith on the show, maybe you can shed some light on how <coughs> they captured that killer guitar tone for Scott's first REH video. Do you remember? I don't remember what I played through. Um, it must have been just whatever amp I was using at the time. I have really no idea. It's probably that great speaker that your TV has. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I really, really have no idea. Ah. Do you think, would Keith did the show? Well, Keith, at the time that I did those first videos, it was 
R.E.H. Yeah. Which was Roger Hutchison and Don Mock. Oh, that's and, who it was. And Keith was also part of the production. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't really know in what capacity. It's been. It's just been too long, yeah, man. Yeah, it's been many years ago. Many years what ago. What happened to Don Mock? Don lives in Seattle. Oh, he does. Okay. And he kind of retired. You know, when I when I turned down the Miles Davis gig, yep. Don had turned it down before me. Wow. Yep. Robin Ford was playing with Miles. When Robin Ford quit, mm-hmm. he called up his old, really old friend, Don Mock, said, do you want to play with Miles Davis? And Don said, no, I yep. don't. Yeah. And then Don called me wow. and, and had... Somehow got my first album to Miles Davis, and Miles asked me, and then I said no. Right. And then I went on to do other shit. But went on Don, to the great Don, success you have now. Yeah, yeah. But Don, so, Don, uh, Don turned down the gig before I did. Yeah. Wasn't much of a gig, honestly. So, you know, but whatever. Just a <laughs> it sorry. It just sounds but. funny that Miles was searching for guitar players and he couldn't find one. Well, he Miles found, called me. Who did he, who'd he get? Miles he, called me too. But it wasn't Miles Davis. <laughs> oh. He got a, he got one of Robin Ford's students actually. Oh, he did. A guy that sounded a lot like Robin. Right. You know, because Miles was digging Robin. I I really have no idea why Robin quit the gig. You don't know the story behind. I don't know the story okay. behind why he quit. Now, he didn't stay in the band very long. Right. And I know I wouldn't have either. I would have lasted a day at the most. Okay. And, and then you know whatever. Yeah. Miles. Oh, absolutely. Um. Bruce, so oh, me on now? February fourteenth, you made this. You that sounds to me like Valentine's Day. It, it, wow, shit! I was just making a lover. You are a romantic motherfucker. Yeah, I was. You? I was making an interlude to this person, and I'm sorry if I've lied to him. Regarding Jorma's origins. Yorma. Your, it reads clearly reads Jorma. It does. It does. It does. Who is Yorma? Yorma. Yorma Kalkinen. Who is? Who is? He was the bass player oh. for. He's a bass. He's just a great bass player. Who was he with? Uh, shit, he was. You know, in that whole. Was he in the band with Grace Slick? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. The uh, the art airplane, the star Jefferson airplane, wheelchair. Oh, Jefferson. The Jefferson wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought he was the guitar player. Or was he the guitar player? That's he was the guitar, guitar player. Okay, guitar yeah. player. Whatever. Oh, fuck. Now we're going to get another. Yeah, yeah. No, right. No, yeah. I mean, this is not my area of expertise. Or okay. mine. Obviously. <laughs> I don't know much well, about anyway, Bruce mentioned he's from Iceland. What the fuck, dude? Okay. He's American. No, oh. I no, I mentioned the name is Icelandic. Ah, so, uh. all right. Well, Kai, you're fucking... No, because, because a friend... Of, and it's funny that I knew that because only like... A day or two before, somebody I knew who I thought was telling me the truth, you know, it could have been, I mean, who knows, somebody I respect and, and wouldn't right. lie to me, who just was misinformed, obviously, as well, that he said, oh, I, I mispronounced the name for some reason, he says, no, it's Kalkinen and it's Icelandic. So I mean I don't know I mean the guy could really be from Chicago and it's he's from be... he's from Michigan okay well, but his grandparents close. are Finnish oh it's Finnish okay well Finland Gee. they're from Finland they're Finnish uh-huh. uh huh well I'm sure they're Finnish now I don't know but um, but he said by the way is it how do you say Jorma no Jorma Jorma is Alcanen. also a common Finnish slang term for a dick okay true story. Okay, so I'll take... No. Look, look there there's a couple go. things I'd oh. like to say about that. Remember that next time in Finland. A couple, couple things I'd like to say about that. First of all, 
nobody's human. <laughs> Second of all, 85% of statistics are made up on the spot. <laughs> and third of all, as Trump would tell you, that's just a bridge across the river, Kai. <laughs> and also, he you says, that? I love that. You didn't get that. You're good. Yeah, you I got, got it. It. Okay, good. Bridge across the river, Kai. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> got it. I'll fucking miss that one. That was good. Got it. Yeah. Wow, Bruce, you're on fire. Okay. He says, I really like this from, from Kai. He says, P.S. And can you also talk a little bit more about how Alan Holdsworth, Holdsworth yeah. and, and Luke will be the guest on a show? Well, let me, let me just tell you something about Alan. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Just something so we don't know. I feel no. like I know this guy more than I know my no, wife. No, but I should clear this up. We, we had an opportunity to, <clears throat> ha- to have Alan on the show, um, but we couldn't do it because Bruce wasn't available Oh, um, now it's my fault. Bruce, well, first of all, you know, our listeners probably don't even know this, but Bruce doesn't live in L.A. He lives in San Francisco. And he only comes you down live in San here. Francisco? No. He lives in <laughs> Bay Area. Carmel. Carmel, Bay Carmel. Area. So, But it's as far as San Francisco. It's right. far. It's a long-ass drive. And he only comes to L.A. to do to teach at USC. And play gigs. And play gigs and whatever. And, and do podcasts. And do podcasts when he's in town. Right. So... You know, we didn't see the point in going to Alan's show and doing a podcast with we Alan. We couldn't without, have anyway. Without, <laughs> there would have been all know. his fans hanging around. There would have yeah, been no Yeah, I way mean, to a, do it. there might not have been an opportunity isn't to do the show, much. Isn't it coming up? No, it went. It's already gone. So I'm, what I'm saying is that there, we wouldn't do that unless all three of us could go down right. and, and participate in it. Bruce wasn't in town. I, I appreciate it. that. I and, would have been okay with you guys doing it, but it wouldn't have worked. We yeah, know it wouldn't I work. I prefer to have the three of us. It, and, and, and Alan is totally welcome to come on the show, but he would have to drive up from where he lives, which is close to San Diego, which yeah. is about a two-hour drive. Yeah. And he would have to come up here, and it would have to be when Bruce is in town. So yeah. it's not as easy as it seems to have guests on the show. No. You know, because the three of us do not live here in the, in the same city. So, just so you guys know out there in Radioland, <laughs> that, that a lot of these guests that might be available... Podcast, podcast. The why, you might ask why I live in Carmel. Why do you live in Carmel? Well, because it's <laughs> the only place I could find a, have, find a house that was more than a thousand feet from a school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway... <laughs> That's why, you know, that, that we missed this opportunity to, to hang out with Alan. Well, so Alan missed this if opportunity. All, if all three of us had been around, we would have gone down to the show, and we would have talked to him after the show, even if it wasn't a full-blown hour or whatever. At least we could have hung with him for a half well, hour or so. I, yeah. I have an update. I've been talking to Matt. Matt from Alvin's. Matt from yeah, Alvin's. And Matt, yeah. Matt told me that he talked to Alan, and Alan mm. was down for Guitar Wank. Yeah, oh, that's great. great. So it's he just said a, he was down, and he was his sister would probably drive him up. But as we all talked about it, I think it'd be better to have Alan on the couch. Yeah, and yeah. Do a so real guitar way. okay. So the thing is, probably we should just pick a day and see if Alan will do it. Yeah. You know, but we know yeah. we're all around. But apparently, yeah. he's down. He's okay, Alan and I'm around most of the month cool. of April. So that's great. So are you yeah, around so in we'll, April? Yeah. Yeah. I, okay, no, cool. wait. Yeah, I am here in April. Yeah. Cool. I'm gone in May. <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, I'm, I'm here most of the month of April. We'll so. work it out with Alan, but that, that would be really cool to have him on the show. I'd so, love to absolutely. have him. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just for me, besides, of course, digging him and wanting to hear what he has to say, is so people will stop talking about 
Yeah, you know what? Please I'm on the show. We don't talk that much about me. It's okay, though. I'm, yeah. o- I'm over me. You're over it? I'm over me. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what do, you, what do you got, Troy? That's well, a bridge off of the river, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kai, how many times have you not heard that in your life? Uh, uh, this one's from Howard Fig. Howard what? Fig. Oh, okay. Get on, you figgy. See, we would call him Figgy. Figgy down under, we'd say. Yeah, man, he'd be a Figgy for sure. We wouldn't be Howard, it'd be Figgy. Good on you, mate. Um, Figgy just pointed out that, uh, just a quick one for Scott here mostly, on the topic of IRs and the notion of using them live, please take a uh, peek at attached Pete Thorne interview while he was on tour in France. He describes how he uses the IRs on stage and features uh, features Scott may not be aware of. It's self-explanatory, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, we'll check it out. And of course, Pete Thorne, you know what? I almost want to do a bunch of videos that are really, really horrible just to do the opposite of Pete Thorne because Pete's videos are always so good. Well, you know what I think? It's probably, I'm just guessing right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that he's using the IR for the house and still has a real speaker cabinet behind him. I, I haven't watched I the video. Probably, I'm, I'm just, I would, I'm saying that with, I'm pretty sure about that. Because I know how Pete plays, and it would be very hard to play that style of guitar without a speaker cabinet behind you. Because he uses feedback, he uses a lot of, well, kind of stuff that Did you read this email? Like. What? Did you, have you read this email? What email? The email I'm reading from. You haven't read it? What email? That I'm reading well, did you already read it? Um, you just read it. He configures a 4x12 cabinet behind him on well, stage. that's what I just fucking for... said. Oh, you're like a fucking mind reader. <laughs> well, I guess in the beginning I uh, wanted to learn how to improvise. I was always interested in that. And uh, I knew that if I wanted to improvise over code changes, I'd have to um, figure out you know, all the scales that went with all those codes. So... Um, because I was particularly stubborn and uh, my dad was always around to help me but I didn't like to ask him because I wanted to uh, figure it out on my own yeah sure but um, so I guess I started out trying to figure everything out by using math so I started out um, using a fixed number like say the number one because of the transposing nature of stringed instruments you can uh, transpose real easy which you something you can't do on other instruments so I figured if I just started out with say uh, five note scales then I could take uh, just permutate them all like one through five then one two three four six one two three four seven etc through to twelve and then I do the same with uh, six notes seven or eight note nine notes and then I uh, catalogued them and filed them away and uh, threw away all the ones that had more than four semitones in a row, in a straight row. And I just analyzed them and looked at them until I could see uh, codes within them. And then I realized that um, the way I think about codes is they're just parts of the scale that are played simultaneously. And as the code changes go by, I don't so much think about a static code voicing staying at all changing. I just see like the whole of the notes on the neck change. And uh, I guess for me, the only thing that makes one scale different from another is not the starting note, 
It's um, the separation of the intervals. For example, if it's a D minor major 7 scale, I, the name which I give to a scale is only a name, is only a means of identification. It's for no other purpose. So when I, when I think of that scale, I don't think of it as starting on D. I think of it as it starts at the lowest available note on my instrument, which would be um, an E, and the highest available note, which would be another E, the high E. So uh, that's basically how I think of scales. Um, what I've done is I've figured out what I would say would be 10 really usable scales that you could use for playing over most, most anything. And there are plenty more, believe me, but um, these I think are the most usable ones. What you see here is all the notes of um, a C major scale all at once from one end of the guitar to the other. And that's basically how I see scales. I see them from the lowest note to the highest note. Um, I don't have a different name for a different scale that starts on any one of these notes, which there is. You can practically name any scale, come up with a different name from any note that you can start on. But for me, for the way my music is, it didn't really help. It was kind of a hindrance, really. So I abbreviated it to these symbols. And this first one, which is which means really like a D minor with a natural six to me. So that's what this is. And like I said, when I see scales, I see them the whole guitar neck like that. So it's just up to me to, um, to uh, juggle the notes around and improvise and make melodies out of them. I think a good way to begin practicing scales basically is to try playing more than three notes on a string just so you can break away from playing in a pattern like this uh, F major or something like that. And just start thinking of it more like that. That way you end up in different parts of the guitar. You know, you can start on a low F and end up on a high A or something. I guess the only thing I can say to help maybe people think about how to look at the whole fingerboard as one and 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 kind of juggle it around is to, if I played something real simple from like a, a just a C major scale, just to maybe you could see that it could go an awful lot further than this. That's what I said. The IR is probably you for guys the house. Are, you guys are unbelievable. You know, one of the one of the things about uh, Jennifer told me the same thing when I talked to her the other day. Yep. Uh, is that the IRs are basically for the house to get rid of all the problems that microphones cause on stage because they do cause problems on stage. Right. You know, they pick up stuff they're not supposed to pick up, they blah blah blah, they feed back. They there's all these problems associated with microphones. You know, so the least amount of microphones you have on stage the better. better yeah. Right? Yeah. So they're probably giving an IR to the house, therefore they don't need to mic your speaker cabinet. Yeah. But do you get the feedback you nice. want still? Yes, yeah, so you still got your cabinet behind you. They're just yeah. not micing it. Yeah, but so does the IR give you the feedback? Well, no, because if your cabinet is giving you the feedback and, well, yeah, it is, because somehow, that's a good question, I would imagine the signal that is coming... <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, I don't know much, but going, I know that. No, no, I, I imagine that the signal that, that the IR is getting its power from is coming from the amp, not the cabinet itself. 
Now, yeah. if there's a through port in the cabinet where the speaker is actually, the, the, the through jack of the speaker cabinet is actually feeding whatever is running yeah, the if, IR, if, right. then the speaker feeding back would also be heard by the IR. Right, but, but if it's the speaker that's feeding back, then you wouldn't get it in the IR if it's just feeding off the end. Maybe not. I don't really know. But, okay, but, that's but, all. That's yeah. Case closed. Put it this way. You'd be getting <laughs> feedback, but the audience might not be able to hear it. Right. All, all I really want to that's say the, is Bruce using IRs at every gig. From that's, the, that's the other thing about the stereo thing. Yeah. It's like a lot of guys running stereo rigs and not realizing that they're the only ones that are hearing stereo. So it's very the selfish. audience isn't hearing. It's very selfish. Well, it's kind of dumb because the only people <laughs> sitting in the very middle of the venue are hearing, <laughs> the, hearing the stereo effect. If you're on the right side or the left side of the crowd, you're not hearing stereo. You're hearing so, out of phase. Yeah, you're hearing, well, you're hearing either the left guy well, or the, the right guy. You're the left guy and the right guy a little late and you're it's <laughs> yeah, out of yeah. phase. Or something, you know, it's not, it's it. not right. You know what? Anyone thinks that being a musician or a guitarist is, there's so much involved. Really ridiculous. If I had a name this, I wouldn't have done it. What would you have done instead? I just porn producer. You used to porn director. Shag and sheep. Shag and sheep. Shag and sheep. No, that's people from New Zealand. I would have worked for oh, Vivian Entertainment. Did you guys see that that guy's comment? Because I wrote on George Benson's site when they were advertising George Benson. We really want. We I invited him on the show. Come on the guitar and guitar wank show. And then some guy from New Zealand wrote. Oh, hell, he would never do a show like something called Guitar Wank. Oh, what a hard, disgusting name or something like oh, that. Oh, the guy didn't even know what the show was? I don't think he knew what the show was. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. so wanted to rip him a new arsehole and talk about sheep with him because he yeah. was from New Zealand. Uh -huh. But I held back. I just, it was quite nice, actually. Yeah. But anyway. That was good. Yeah, he's just probably, you he know. He didn't know. Yeah, he didn't know. Uh, he didn't know. You, and they've gone through a whole lot with those earthquakes. Yeah, you yeah. Know. He's, probably, he's, just, he's probably. It's really bad. Yeah, he's really. <laughs> I don't want to pull the wool over his eyes. This one's this one's from Clint Perrin. Good on you, Clint. Hey, I'm getting some easier names this week. This is good. Okay, I really enjoyed the Smitty Smith episodes. Smitty was was great. <laughs> he was awesome. I we love had a Smitty. lot of fun with Smitty. Uh, Smitty. You know what? We've had so much great feedback with Smitty, um, but he's probably the last drummer we'll ever have on the show. Why? No, I'm joking. <laughs> you guys look so serious then. Why? Uh, they, these, they were his favourites. Anyway, keep up the good work. I'm listening every week and every episode. I'm a big Bruce fan. What? A big he Bruce hates fan. my playing. I have several <laughs> posters of Bruce on my bedroom wall. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, this is getting scary. <laughs> and I idolise him and look up to him every day. Could he send me a signed topless? I can't believe he's asking this. A signed topless picture. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might be a fan of you in a way you don't want him to be a fan. Of. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> he hasn't got any pictures in his bedroom. That no, of course not. There aren't any pictures, posters of me. Don't you know I'm a jazz guitar player? They don't make posters. That would be really cool. And lately, they haven't been making them of me either. Which really get back to that subject. That anyway, pisses he, me off. He just says he's a big fan of Bruce, and uh, I and, wanted to leave it. I really okay, enjoyed my, the my condolences to your family. <laughs> I really enjoyed the three masterclass videos that he has purchased. And, he's and there's buy, two more I'm expecting yeah, to check this week. He's buying the rest Thank of you. Soon. Thank you. And everybody else, please do consider, you know, helping out a 
you know, a guy. <laughs> and he said a red guitar taping would be great. Well, we have we have some in the, the bag that we're going to release. Well, we don't really well, want up it. to you. Uh, no, but you'll have to pay for it. Oh, you know, yeah, but can't can't we just work out where do you live? Let's figure out a way for me to perform it in your area. That's well, better. there you go, Clint. That's a great. Why don't you do that? That's a fantastic idea. If you want Bruce Foreman to come to your area and perform the red guitar, maybe do maybe do a clinic. Maybe yeah, yeah, but the guitar will be topless, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if you wrote back and said, I do have pictures of Bruce on the wall. Um, <coughs> but anyway, Clint, that would be awesome. Yeah, and you Clint, can do, thank Scott, you, you Clint. do that too, right? You guys What's that? Both do that where you guys would fly and do shows and maybe do a master class or... Yeah, we, we, we work gigs. That's right. We we it's got to, you know, for me, no. But <laughs> okay. no, I don't. Okay, no. cut to the chase. Tell me... <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. But Bruce, you... I fly in, I play gigs, I, I do shows, and I yeah. do master clubs. Of course, that's how I make my living. Are we going to do another Guitar Wank Roadshow this year? I don't know. We have to set one up. It's got to be, like, somewhere local. And I, I, I have problems right now because I'm not ready to play anywhere. I'm, okay. I can't... I'm writing. Well, yeah. Not playing mode, writing mode at all. Yeah, yeah so... Okay. I'm not maybe really... we just... We, maybe we... I don't know. We'll work it out. Yeah. But... Matthew from down at Elvis, is it Elvis? Elvis, Elvis yeah. He, uh, well, that'd be fun to yeah. do something, but it has to be like, I don't know, you know, the next, my next thing is in May and June. And when I get back from June, unfortunately, the guys that I'm playing with in May and June, they don't live here, they live in Paris. So I'll be playing with them. Oh, okay. What about um, Travis and... Travis and Alan didn't go with me last time to Europe. I'm using guys that, that uh, from Europe. This he's, time. Out, he's, he's outsourcing. He's outsourcing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so he's got, he, got, know. he got two Indian guys. They Tra do it for like 30 cents an hour. Tra <laughs> Travis and Alan, they usually play with me in South America and the United States. And these guys play with me in Europe. Right. This, so it's just. Does Travis and I get pissed off? They're like, dude, you, you don't. No, not at all. Because because the they're the, busy. The, because they're working for thirty cents an hour, <laughs> yeah, and they don't want to do uh, the game. They're, for they're that. working, you know. <laughs> Alan and Travis are both working, and they're doing their own thing. You know what I mean? And I can't afford <coughs> to pay them what they they need to go out on the road right. on a big long two month tour. Yeah. It's you know, so it's really expensive, especially when you've got so many nights off and so many flights. Yeah. And it's crazy. Oh we all I mean and we all so, know what Travis is like on the so, road. You know. We do. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm making shit up. Yeah, so, I thought we're so, gonna have Travis on the show. We will. We'll you, have we'll Travis have on the Travis show. Travis would be great on we've the had, show. Have we had a bass player yet? No. No. But none of them could find the place. <laughs> we've had a keyboard player and a drummer. We haven't had a bass player, so maybe we'll get Travis. As soon as you change your address to 1515, <laughs> we'll, they'll be able to find it. You know, you know, the thing is, too, about, about these one-off gigs is that a lot of people, I have so many emails and so many messages about, I live in a certain town, and we'd love to have you, you know, come and play. How much do you need? Right? Well, what do you think's fair? Like, what's fair? Mm -hmm. Do you think that you think that I, as a band leader, uh, who's been doing this for like say thirty five, forty years, you think I should make a thousand bucks? I think that's fair. You know, or for more, a gig, more. I should, I, no, I mean a thousand's okay. I can live with that. Okay. You think my guys should make five hundred each for a one off? I think that's fair. Right. So there's two thousand right there. Then there's the flights. Okay. Three, 
plane tickets at about 500 bucks a piece. Okay. So that brings it up to, 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 to what? That's 3500 3, Right. Right? Three and hotel rooms. Three hotel rooms. So now we're talking about four grand. Okay. Right? And then there's other expenses like renting gear. Now we're up to about five grand. Okay. So get me five grand. So no, right? and then no, no, these people are talking about no. Get me Bruce Forehead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. So 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 I'm saying like if somebody offers me five good. grand or you know five to seven thousand dollars to come to their town and play with my band, I'm totally down. Right. I'm ready. Right. But the the offers that in reality you get are more like two. Well, which makes it not even worth going. You, know, you, can't, you can't even pay for the flights. All right. Well, if you think about it on this level, say you're in a town and maybe you have a really cool music store in your town, you could set it up where Scott or Bruce would come into town, you guys do the show, but you also do a clinic at the local music store, the local music store sponsors it. I mean, that, you're talking they, about bringing our own musicians too? Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. Five, seven grand, mm-hmm. they get this influx of all these musicians coming to the music store coming to the show everyone getting excited about music wanting to learn more this guy's a real optimist isn't i like him or you just you you piss that shit off and you go all out and you hire the guitar wank road show and you get the whole shebang yeah. you get yeah, for like about 10 grand yeah or, 15. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not going anywhere for less than five. Yeah, okay. Well, then, then, then let's say 15 to make it realistic. But just to, just, I hate to rain on your parade, but music stores don't give away money. They always ask the artist, who are your sponsors and how much are your sponsors willing to oh, give? Oh, right. That's how that works. No music store. So we're going to call John, money. sir? Yeah, and he's going to laugh. And he's going to go, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> So, all right. So I think you're gonna call Diadario, and Diadario is gonna laugh too, and they're gonna. We don't even fucking put you in ads. You think we're gonna fucking pay you money for a clinic? We've never even done an ad for you in the, in the 40 years that you've been using our streams. <laughs> Ah, see, so we've, <laughs> we've got it all worked out. I think we're yeah, on success. yeah, it's all worked out. Yeah, we're on a success train right here. <laughs> we're, we're on the train to and success. And this is probably a good time to bring in the donations for the Guitar Wank. <laughs> Please go to guitarwank.com. There is a donations tab. Do, I don't know if you. I don't know if you read this, but in the fine print of Trump's new budget. <laughs> He's cutting all funding to Guitar Wank. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I wouldn't expect so anything really else need, with all the really shit need, I've said really about need, We need our listeners to pitch in. Yeah, I've said too much about Trump. No wonder he cut us all. Yeah. Oh, man, Fucking so we're bitch. losing our funding as we're well. We're losing our government funding, oh. so we need to really li- rely on our listeners to pitch in so, the difference. Oh, man. <laughs> so yeah. if you do want to... Actually, we've had a bunch of donations of late, which is... Huge. That's great. so amazing. And people buy t-shirts and cups. That's another good cups way to help us out. I still want to get caps. I feel like I need caps. I'm a slip, slop, slap kind of guy. You know, cancer. Yeah, but you yeah. know, the, the different types of hats, that's the problem. It's yeah. like there's one kind of t-shirt, there's one kind of coffee mug. Well, there's lots of kind of coffee, but, you know, coffee mug works or it doesn't. Yeah. But a cap, some guys like the flat cap, some like the old school cap, some guys like the trucker cap, some like the redneck cap. We'll, we'll get a cap that's... A good cat. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> Oi. Uh, Oi. Wow. Well, there you go. So, um, Oi. But anyways, just, yeah, get me, you know. Uh, 
This guy is John Rashad. Rashad. Uh, Rashad, yep. And uh, he'd like to say he loves the show. He, he loves. He'd like cat. to say it, but he can't. <laughs> <laughs> he like, can't bring himself to say it. I'd like to say I I'd love like the show, it, but, but I, I really can't say it. I try to say it, and the words just won't come out. <laughs> I, I like the guy that just said, you know, why do you guys just keep talking about the guests you're going to have? <laughs> yeah, it's like Batman in the Lego movie when he went, I just want to say. Is it possible for someone who does as complicated a music as, as you do to just knock off a three-minute pop song and then sit back on the royalties for a while to buy you some time, or, or do they not? It doesn't work like that because, no, I mean, you could do it theoretically. People have done it, but the problem is when you do that, uh, then all of a sudden somebody starts playing it on the radio and then you attract the wrong crowd because you've attracted a crowd to this kind of music and then you present them with something else which they're not going to like. Uh, there's something sort of fake about that, you know, is I like to find a way to make what we're doing acceptable, you know, rather than just doing something deliberately so that to reach people. Like, if so, there's not a lot of guys playing the Syntax, you know, for example, and it's a pretty bizarre looking machine. But it doesn't matter. But I was thinking, you know, in a, in a pop context, or if you were on a major label or something like that, they'd probably play that to death, you know, the space machine or whatever. Next, we asked him if the guitar is his favorite instrument. I, well, I, I don't really consider myself a guitar player anyway, because I never really wanted to play guitar. I don't really like guitar very much. <laughs> Why not? It's not the instrument I would have chosen if I could have chosen at the time when I started to play. Because I would have played a horn, I think, maybe saxophone. Every article I read about you starts off with testimonials from people like Steve Vai and Carlos Santana and Eddie Van Halen, all of whom say you're the best guitar player on the planet. I don't know why, as I'm not really involved in my own, you know, like the promotional aspects of it, I leave that up to other people, you know. And uh, I think that's really got sort of been overused and it's really tired and a lot of those things are old and I just rather sort of get rid of that kind of tag really. I don't like playing to guitar players actually. I'd rather just play to, um, you know, like ordinary people. It's like an emotional thing. It's not just a studious thing. You know, some people they just sit down and figure something out or learn how to do something parrot fashion, you know, they, they just play um, what they've read basically or what they've learned from someone else and it's, I mean, I don't really do that, you know, I just try and draw everything that I am or everything I want to do from the music from my experiences as a, some sort of a human. The drummer makes the band, it's always, that's it, and uh, if the drummer ain't any good then the band's no good, and uh, I've always been really lucky because I've always been surrounded by the, you know, the greatest drummers on the planet, so I'm a lucky guy.
It's pretty much like that all over. We don't really get booked at jazz festivals usually because the music falls into in all the slots, you know, between it, just like. That's right. So it, it, it's very difficult trying to trying to do this and get any kind of. Um, Larger. Yeah, like you know, even even when we play places uh, for the first time, usually it's very difficult for us to get booked anywhere. It's only when it's only because we've got such a good, you know, like a loyal following, and I, which I have to thank all of those people, you know, come, you know, they've been coming for years. Because if it wasn't for them, you know, we'd never even be able to come back again. So hopefully, when we play somewhere the first time, when we come back again the second time, because the reaction was good, which it, obviously we were amazed, you know. So it makes it a little bit easier for us to call uh, whoever it is and get an opportunity to come back. just from life I think just from living you know I think it's I think music all music or most for me anyway is geographical it's so much to do with what you learned what you grew up with as a, as a child because it's like an emotional thing it's not just a studious thing you know some people they just sit down and figure something out or learn how to do something parrot fashion you know they they just play um, what they've read basically or what they've learned from someone else and it's I mean I don't really do that, you know, I just try and draw everything that I am or everything I want to do from the music from my experiences as a some sort of a human, you know. It's like Batman in the Lego movie when he went, I just want to say, I'm so, 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 so. But you know, like, you, 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 know, you say somebody, how, how far is, you know, how far is Santa Fe or something? They go, well, I want to say it's, it's 400 miles. I said, well, then just say it's 400 miles. <laughs> you don't have to want to say it. Just say it. <laughs> anyway, uh, John, I don't know if he's a guitarist or not. I'm not really sure, but he played with Greg Howe. Mm -hmm. Oh, Greg Howe, yeah. You guys know Greg? I do. How? You know Greg Howe? Yeah. No, I don't know him. Well, but I, I know him. I know who he is. That's, tell me, this might be a stupid question. Is is Greg black or is he white? He's black, I think. I mean, I, I don't know. He, I, don't know I thought you knew him. Be, I don't know. He, <coughs> I kind of think he's black, right? I'm. Yeah, he is, yeah. Okay. I, that was the Aussie story. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. Who knows, man? Maybe he's a white guy dark, with a dark, dark skin from another country. I have no idea. I don't know his ethnic stuff. I just know he's a great rock guitar player. Well, anyway, um, John used to play with Greg and for a bunch of years live and recording and just recently hipped him to the podcast. So Greg's probably listening. Going well, Greg used to be a Sir endorser. That's kind oh, really? of, yeah, yeah, for a while he was. Right. And John was building him some stuff. 
and um, he's, a, he's played at MI at least two or three times. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I've never seen. We have a, a lot of mutual play. friends. In fact, he came to town, and he was looking. He moved here for a little while. Where's he from? You know, or where I'm was not he really moving? sure now, but he moved to LA for a little while, and he wrote me a letter, and he he was asking me for names of drummers and bass players. So I shot him a whole list of drummers and bass players that I thought would that he would fit with. Right. right. I don't really know what happened. I, yep. I don't know if he stayed in town or, or or whatever. I haven't heard from him in a while. Greg, all right. But well, he's a um, great player. If he, I'd love to. He said, "I'd love to connect you guys." Well, connect talk us. about some chops. That guy has some chops. Greg's got some chops. Definitely. I remember Greg. Yeah. Yeah, like he was in the guitar play magazine yeah, yeah. a bunch of back. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, John. I appreciate that. That's really cool. <laughs> Trying to put us in touch. A lot of nice people out there. I feel. Right. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Run. Here's um Whoa. one from Daniel Hinton. He's a, he he. Um, I'm afraid in some way behind uh, your podcasts, I've literally just discovered them. I'm afraid I'm some way behind. Sorry, I'm behind your podcast. He's just discovered them. I'm listening to number seven right now, and I'm hooked. They're fantastic. This man speaks the truth. So many of the things the three of you have said have really made me think. <laughs> I don't know why that's About right. what? Made me think about quitting. <laughs> think about finding another career. Yeah. And inspired me to reevaluate many aspects <laughs> of my own playing. Oh, man. Great. One thing, I, one thing I've found entertaining is Bruce's complaining. <laughs> Bruce is complaining? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Bruce. You complain way too much, sir. Is that what he says? No, he just says he finds it entertaining. You, you, you're complaining. Well, it makes, you know, other people's misery does make people happy sometimes. <laughs> he says, Bruce is complaining about things and Scott's ability to take the piss and then laugh at his own joke for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. One Thank of my you. favorite so far being uh, how much Bruce complained about the parking at the NAM. <laughs> you know what's great about this? I ran across last, not this just yeah. year gone, but the year before our episode. Yeah. Was I complaining about you it You were complaining exactly <laughs> the same thing. It was almost verbatim what you said about yeah. the parking, the fucking NAM parking. Really? Anyway, the podcast is awesome. Keep up the good work. Regards, Dan, in sunny old England. Oh, he's a pommy. If you could reply, that would well. I replied, yeah. so that was good. But uh, thanks, Daniel. That was a that was a cool email. So yeah, there you go. Any anything you guys got to say? No, I'm just like I'm still. I'm, I've decided I'm going to leave early for Nam next year. I'm leaving tomorrow morning <laughs> <laughs> to get parked. So they they may to actually get have the parking lot done by yeah, next yeah, yeah, and, and, and to get, that that I'll get parking and I'll get there before next Nam. That would be incredible if they finally open, reopened that parking lot. Oh man! Right? They should yeah. get that. They really need to get that together. Scott, what pickups do you use in your tellies? They're just the pickups that it's telly. What? It's just the pickups that John makes for his tellies. I really, really don't John know Sir? what they are. Yeah, you don't know. They're just the 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 pickups that he makes, which are I I would imagine he's trying to come as close to the real telly pickups that Fender made back in the day. So that's what's in there. Okay. But I don't really know the name of the pickups. This is a question from it was from Edvin. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. He probably has different varieties of tele pickups, but I just told him to put it put what you usually put in there. And I love the sound of my telly, even though it killed my hand on the record. I'll never forgive it. Really? Why? Oh my Why God. is it so hard to play? I don't know. Tellies, man. It's just a different it's a different animal. It's it could be because of the height of the bridge saddles. Mm-hmm. You know, because the height of the bridge saddles and the angle that the string goes over the bridge saddle has a lot to do with how the tension on the strings. And it could be that the angle is very different than the angle of my strats, because my strats, it's really easy to bend strings. On the telly, it's twice as hard to bend strings, even with the same gauge, same tuning, everything. And it tore my hand up to play that guitar. You know, I played, I played um, uh, a guy with Jared from the SNL Saturday Night Live show, and he had a Strat. I'm playing, I'm like, why do these guitar strings feel so thick? Mm-hmm. But they felt like normal strings, but they were so easy to bend. But mm-hmm. then I get on my tally, and it's like, it's a lot, it just seems... It's harder. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had a much easier time playing Bruce's red guitar than playing the telly. And yeah. I'm talking about bending strings, because I couldn't really bend strings on Bruce's guitar just because the strings are a much heavier gauge. Yeah. But I'm just talking about fingering the notes. Yeah. was much easier to play with the same action, basically. Right. You know, because they're both had... I measured the action on the red guitar and the action on my strats and telly. It's all about the same. Sixteenth yeah. of an inch... You know, from the from the last fret to the to the string, yep. normal action, and to the 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 red guitar pressing down the notes was like butter, yeah. and to telly it was like ah oh, Jesus, <laughs> you know, like really hard to play, really hard now, to do, play. Do you guys think that's a good idea to ha- maybe have a guitar that's just a like you know it's like a fence post with barbed wire on it? It's a, it's a bitch to play and it makes you really work. I don't see any reason guitar. for it other than making you miserable. <laughs> or giving you tendonitis. Yeah, giving you nice tendonitis. But then again, the there is a telly. certain amount of strength needed to play the instrument, though. Yeah, there it is. And particularly, sure. particularly if you play an acoustic instrument. Yeah. I mean, and uh, just refer to any one of Tommy Emanuel's teaching things. And oh, my God. That guy's an animal. <laughs> He's totally about, you know, the gorilla grip. Yeah. And so, and I play an acoustic guitar, so in order to get a great sound, you do need to, you know, put some meat on it and hold it down, and if you want it to ring and ring cleanly, you really got to, but, I mean, making things exceptionally hard for yourself to, like, what, to bulk up your muscles so that when you play something easier, I guess, I guess it's, there's something to be said for that, you know, I mean, just as long as you don't hurt yourself, building up strength, if you're building up strength, it's good, if you're hurting yourself... It's very bad. What about what about what about going light? You know, I play ten to forty six. What about going a lighter gauge? If you're doing a lot of bending, a lot of then the sound suffers. Well, if, if as long as you like the sound, if you don't yeah. like, I mean, you eventually you're all you're you're always doing this dance between the sound you're getting and ease of playability, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what we're all fighting. Yeah. I mean, if if it was just about how easy it played. Then you know the instruments would have very low, te- very you know low tension and you know low, light strings. But sound is a big part, and you know, and you want more sound. 
you have to raise the action. You want more. Uh, you want more quick response for the note and fatness to the tone. You need more mass. tension. Yeah. You need more tension and more mass. Yeah. So it's just like it comes down to, you know, what level of, of, uh, you know, resistance you're willing to accept for yeah. what kind of sound you right. want. And there's a lot of guys who really like light gauge strings and like that sound that they get. Well, so I know so Lucas, more, the, Lucas great. is on. Well, I know he was on nines. Whatever you know, Holsworth I mean, plays eights. Really? Yeah. Who does? Holsworth. Yeah. Wow. You'd have to to do, to play the legato kind of lines that he yeah. plays. Yeah. You'd have to play a really. I used to play nines in tribal tech. Yeah. But I had humbucking pickups, so kind of made up for it back then. Yeah. And I also used to play elevens tuned to E flat. Okay. And I changed that because they don't, to me, my opinion, they're, it's great for blues, but it doesn't sound good with high gain. Right. It sounds woofy yeah. and just bloated. You know? I mean, it seems like so, a lot of people will copy Stevie Ray Vaughan with like those yeah. massive strings. Well, and, Hendrix played yeah. uh, 11s at E-flat. So did, so did Ingve for a while. Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry, not Ingve. Uh Stevie Ray Vaughan. I'm just yep. trying to think of somebody else. There's lots of guys that. Ah uh, man, all I can say is. What about jazz guys? What about jazz guys? Pussies, everyone. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing 14. Uh, 14. Well, he's not bending strings up minor thirteens. Oh, you know, there's, there's. Yeah, pussies. You know what? Josh Smith plays thirteens on a strat at E and plays has that big. He's an animal. He plays thirteen. 13s. Yeah. And he really? bends strings and, you know, he's he, got He gets a fat hands. sound out of the telly. Yeah. He sure does, doesn't he? Yeah. But, and again, and again, that's blues sound. That wouldn't sound right. good at high gain. Yeah, it's a, yeah, he's yeah. a blues player. Yeah, yeah. And it does sound good for blues. Like, a, 11s at E-flat, that's dog party. Yeah. Uh, it's a big oh, sound. Tines on that, man, are it's, awesome. It's, it's a big sound. It's, yeah. it's 11s tuned to E-flat. It's, yeah. it's Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, all his albums. Yeah. But but it just when you pump up the gain, it starts sounding just like woo. Well, what about what about say Beck work. and Clapton and and um, Beck, Jimmy Page and Beck, all those guys? Were they Page was using nines as far as I know, nines or tens? Yeah, Beck too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I know. I know there was a time where Jeff Beck was using elevens tuned to E flat. I'm not sure if he's still doing it. Right. But I, and Mike Landau was doing it and stopped doing it for the same reason that I did because yeah. he was playing more gainy sounds and didn't think the 11s were good for that. But right. the, but he agrees with me. He thinks it's great for blues. Yeah. Yeah. But so no, in the yeah. raging honky stuff, he was using 11s detuned. Was he? I don't know. I don't know if that stuff is is detuned to D yeah. flat or not. I'm not well, sure. Albert Lee said he he went from nines. Up to tens, because he was doing less bending these days. So he actually went up a gauge because he's. I think tens is just a nice compromise between <coughs> nines, which sound too thin, and elevens, which sound too woofy. For me, yeah. tens work. So I mean, at just... the end of the day, you got to be a good player anyway for that to even make a fucking difference. Well, right? I'll tell you one thing: I don't, I don't have the speed. That I had when I was playing nines. I mean, right. my my guitars are set up with higher action, 
and <clears throat> thicker strings. Back in the day of tribal tech, I was using nines and the action was like really low. And my tone wasn't all that great, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But I, my chops were way up. Of course, that could mean that I was younger and just couldn't play. <laughs> and now I'm old and I can't play anymore. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, my guitars used to be built for speed. Now they're built for tone. Yeah. That's yeah. just how I, I think I that, that's normal progression. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe you could see that it could go an awful lot further than this. Just as an example of um, juggling things around. This is a D minor major 7 scale. Uh, this is my symbol for that, which is probably completely meaningless to anybody else but me, but that's okay. And uh, what I'm going to do later, actually, and also in the booklet, is to show you how, uh, how you can find chords in amongst all this, because, uh, like I said, I see the whole thing from top to bottom. So I can see these chord shapes in there, you know, like an A augmented chord, and of course the, the minor major 7. Um, but I guess we'll go into that in more detail in the booklet. All of these scales that I've given here are not the same scales with different names. They're actually different based on the fact that they have different interval permutations. So this scale is um, an A minor major 7 and a flat 6. Um, this is my symbol for that which of course again is completely meaningless to anyone but me but um, this is that scale um, this scale is um, what I call a, a minor a major 7 with a raised 4th and um, I like this scale a lot some people refer to it as a harmonic major scale like if I played this in E which um, I used in one tune from a, a while ago on the old IOU album there was an e-pedal section in the in a tune called Letters of Mark was based kind of on this scale really, and uh, I've heard some people call that scale a B harmonic major, but for me, like I said, I always relate them to the to the closest minor in in my head, if there is anything in my head. Um, this is the crazy symbol that I use for that, and uh, the chords I was talking about were just. Uh, All of those chords just come from that one scale. Uh, this next scale is a symmetrical scale. It's just uh, what I call a double diminished scale. I think uh, most people just refer to it as a diminished scale. So it's just the, um, this one. Um, the actual name for it is usually a half step away from the name that I use because I always think of this scale as being related to an altered dominant chord. For example, if, if, um, if I played this scale, which is essentially these notes, um, it's actually a G-sharp diminished chord. But I think of it more as being like a, you know, like a, a G7 flat 9 chord. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, that's why I use that name. Again, like I said, the name might be a little confusing, but the scale is good, it works. Like, um, like I said before, you can find all these hidden codes within these scales, and which I'll kind of show you how to find uh, later or, or, and in the booklet. But like this one, for example, it's got these... Uh, this scale's a, a very usable scale because it, it's very um, easy to disguise, but at the same time, if you play it in certain other ways, it's too recognizable and sounds pretty lame. So I always try and, uh, with this particular scale, always juggle the notes around a lot so that it's um, more difficult to identify, but yet when you're listening to it, you can hear some kind of logic in there. These next three scales are what I just refer to them as basically kind of like jazz scales, but I don't use these particular three a lot, but I think it's really good to know them, so here they are. This is just like a, a B-flat major scale, um, but it has the raised fifth in it as well, so essentially that's what that is. It's, uh, Those are, those are the notes in that. Um, this scale, I guess, um, again, this is my crazy symbol for it, and I just call it a C dominant seven scale. It just, it's basically just like a regular C major scale, but it, it has the flat seven in it as well, so it's just like... Um, etc. In terms of trying to communicate it, I think I'd call it um, a jazz minor scale. It's just, uh, in, this, in this particular key, it's, it's in B minor, and it has the natural seven and the raised seven in it. This is the second of the minor jazz scales, and the, this one's in A, and it's the only difference between this one and the other one is they both of the jazz minor scales have the raised seven, but the previous one had a natural 7 in it, and uh, this one doesn't. It just has the raised 7, the 6, the flat 6, or the raised 5th, however you want to look at it. Well, before I tell you about this last scale, um, there's obviously a, a lot of scales, and the thing is that a lot of them that I've experimented with don't complete themselves in one octave. They take two octaves and sometimes three. But... Um, rather than trying to get into those right now is um, this particular scale I've used quite a lot as a scale to modulate from one code to another or you know for, or because it has a it's a symmetrical scale so it has a sound that you can recognize when you when you kind of hear it and uh, I'm not sure how you go about naming what key it belongs to um, but for me I uh, think of this one as basically uh, like a C minor because a C minor an E minor or an A flat minor because here you've got like the A flat minor and an A flat major triad an A flat uh, a G minor and a G major triad at the same time but as you can see it's a perfectly symmetrical scale so you can have some fun with that one <laughs> I 
I try not to practice anything that I'm going to play in as much as, like, I don't learn any particular licks or something that I can just play so I'm stringing a bunch of licks together because that's not the way I think about improvising. I just think, again, about all of the notes, you know, that are available. And you just try and make melodies out of them and don't let your hands dictate what you think you can do. Take a look at those fingerboard charts and imagine your eyes like dancing on the notes that you want to play and then forget about whether your hands can do it or not. Just try it. Like I said, a name is only to transmit the information or to communicate it to someone else. And, and really the communication that we're doing, that we're speaking about really, is music, which you don't shout the changes to the people. You, they only hear the, the music, and uh, that's the only thing that matters. Thank mm -hmm. you.